Boat Trader is America's largest boating marketplace with over 100,000 boats to choose from. We offer simple, comprehensive solutions for those looking to sell, find, and finance new or used boats. Visit BoatTrader.com to get started. Welcome to City Church U's Knowing God Guided Reading Podcast. We hope you will join us this holiday season as we read J.I. Packer's modern classic, Knowing God. Well, hey guys, I'm excited to get started on chapter one of Knowing God. This is not the recording scenario that I thought we'd be kicking this off in. Two of the three of us, Amanda and I, are currently in quarantine awaiting test results for COVID, uh, but nevertheless, we're able to get together today uh, via technology and uh, start off this podcast together. So just kind of out of the gate on chapter one, Amanda, what, what stood out to you? What did you find most helpful here? Um, I really just appreciated the foundation that is laid in chapter one um, and just thinking through why, why it's so important um, to, to want to study God and just have the desire to grow in our knowledge for God. Um, I thought that he just really outlined it so well with some of the basic um, information uh, just to get everyone on the same page and to just start, start our study strong. Hank, what about you? Yeah, I agree with a lot of that same page book pun right there, Amanda. Um, <laughs> but I, I agree with that. I mean, page 20, he gives us his five themes that we should really be thinking through and um, just really helpful questions um, for us to think through as we read the book for applying our knowledge and why do we even need theology in the first place. Um, so I, th- I thought it was a good chapter to kind of lay the ground for what we're going to be doing in the rest of the book. Yeah, something that I thought right out the gate in, in chapter one, thinking of the study of God, is I, th- I think that Packer makes a good case about why this matters to the everyday Christian, to, to go back to the preface. Why does this matter to the people who are traveling on the ground, the travelers? And um, working with college students, I think in particular, many people don't see themselves as theologians, yet we all are theologians in the sense of we all have thoughts and understandings of God. And what we want to do is we want those thoughts and understandings to be correct, but we also want them to cause an appropriate response in our life. So I found it really helpful for that. Uh, On the opening of chapter one, he says this. This was something I wanted us to discuss. He says, that it's equally true for the proper study of God's elect. Um, He goes on to say, the highest science, the loftiest speculation, the mightiest philosophy, which can ever engage the attention of a child of God is the name, the nature, the person, the work, the doings, and the existence of the great God whom he calls Father. So just kind of curious to you guys, why do you guys believe that it's so important for college students to study and have a theology of God? Well, to pull out another quote um, from Packer, he actually says, we are cruel to ourselves if we try to live in this world without knowing about the God whose world it is and who runs it. Um, and so just to um, have in place a really solid theological worldview. Um, it's almost like armor for living in this world. And I think college students, 
face, um, you know, a lot of hostility just in the environment um, of upper education. And so I just think that that's a huge, re a huge reason why um, it's so important for them to kind of arm themselves. Yeah, that's good. Um, I think that a lot of it is like knowing God enables us to worship him um, as we should and really think about him correctly. And Hunter, you mentioned like everyone's kind of a theologian because theology is just the study of God. And, you know, whether we do it rightly or wrongly, like we are attempting to study God, um, but knowing who he is, his name, his person, his works helps us to worship him like properly um, and joyfully when we really understand who he is. Yeah. And Packer talks about something I think that sometimes gets missed in the conversations about what does it look like for students to live out what they know about God? And he talks about humility and he says that there's no subject of contemplation that will tend to humble the mind more than the thoughts of God. I think a lot of people, when they grow up, they, they experience people who are knowledgeable and they don't see humility. They see maybe arrogance or self-righteousness or uh, wanting mm -hmm. to argue all the time. But yet in this chapter and, and in this book, uh, Packer talks about the humility that comes from knowing God. And I think that's important too, uh, just to realize that some of us grew up with these kind of maybe even negative thoughts about what theologians or people who are really knowledgeable act and behave like, except in, in this in this book, Packer does a really great job of showing we should really be humble people, loving, enjoyable people because of what we know about God. How do you guys feel like you've seen that play out in your life with knowledge, either leading to people being what, you know, Packer would call puffed up or puffy uh, versus humble? Yeah. Um, for myself, I, I think that I've certainly done both. I think that there's times where, you know, I, I feel like I'm having just a wonderful time of the word and Bible study um, and just really great reading. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, like I'm on top of it. You know, I know everything. Um, and then I'm really humbled by the Lord to realize, wait, like I don't, I don't actually like know the most minute things about God. If, you know, he, he is who I'm truly saying he is. Uh, but Packer's really, he, I do think he's right that like it, it either leads you to become puffed up in knowledge or like a really humble servant of the Lord. Yeah, absolutely. And I think just um, in coming into a, a church as an adult and, and becoming a believer um, and instantly seeing people um, around me who even may have been like close to my age, but just seemed to know so much more about God. Um, I'm really thankful for the people that he placed around me who I think were, um, learning of God in a really humble way, uh, because it actually made that very attractive to me. And it did draw me in, um, seeing that they, they had this joy about them. Um, but also just like a really humble heart. Um, and so I'm thankful for that. I mean, I definitely can understand where like arrogance would come in and kind of seeing people, um, you know, intellectual people who, um, you know, have kind of approached the study of God, maybe with the wrong motives, like maybe just uh, for that reason, just to be able to say that 
they know all these things. And I think that can really be a huge turnoff and actually can damage, like really damage the witness um, of that believer. So I'm hopeful that as, you know, I've always been hopeful that as I'm learning more uh, that I can be someone who in their study of God um, does reflect humility um, in the discipline of it and that that will draw people in, whether they're young Christians or, or non-believers. Yeah. And I, I've just noticed working with college students and in my own life, when people first really get into theology and start to realize, wow, I can listen to podcasts and I can read books and I can have conversations that fan this flame I have to know more about the Lord and what his word says, there is a danger of just kind of getting mm-hmm. caught up in the the arguments, the conversations, the knowledge, and allowing sin in, in our life to lead us to be arrogant. And certainly that's not the the result of the Holy Spirit working in our life or or God's truth taking root in our life. That's the result of sin in our life, seeing this as another avenue to uh, increase ourself. You know, and Paul talks about, I must decrease so he can increase. And, and this understanding that the grander view we have of God, consequently, we should have a more humble, uh, you know, grounded view of ourself. And Another thing he talks about in this book that I I thought was really helpful, just thinking about how we respond to the knowledge of God, not just, okay, here's how we study it, but how do we respond to it? He talks about truth leading to meditation, leading to praise. And he had maybe what I felt like was my favorite favorite definition of meditation. I think that's a, a word that some people are a little weary of because it's kind of got connotations of, you know, maybe, uh, some kind of, hipster yoga vibes um but i really um says the world traveler hank um and uh we give hank a hard time because he has moved around the world in his life and we act like he he uh is always bringing in different shirts and items from his travels which he's he's not (laughs) but um he says meditation is the activity of calling to mind and thinking over and dwelling on and applying to oneself the various things that one knows about the works and the ways and the purpose and the promises of God. I love that. I love that definition because I think too, when we study um, theology and we read books like this, it's really easy for us to say, okay, now that I comprehend it, I'm going to go to the next thing. Now that I comprehend it, I'm going to go to the next thing. And it's, there's a discipline in learning to meditate and actually to comprehend something, to learn a truth, and to learn how to sit and dwell and think about that truth. And um, I'm curious, like in, in y'all's life, how have you tried to move past just knowing truth and tried to move towards like meditation and also that resulting in praise? Yeah, for me, this, um, in all honesty, is a discipline that I struggle with a lot still, um, just in the busyness um, of raising two kids and having just a lively household and so much going on all the time is there really is an art to it, but that, you know, the desire has to come from us wanting to experience, you know, that change of heart that comes from knowing more about God. Like how, how am I being, um, how's my life being conformed to this truth that I've learned and really sitting there and, and feeling that and praying about that, praising God for that. 
Um, I do find myself often moving too quickly. And I think that also stems from realizing that there is so much that I don't know that I want to keep going. I want to, I want to learn more. I want to hear the next sermon or read the next book. And um, frankly, I'm just not good at it yet, but I have found that in the times where I can truly reach a point of medicine, of meditation that the the change is is great uh, that it is very meaningful and and just brings this deeper level of understanding and praise um, where I recognize that I did not have that before um, so I'm thankful for kind of being shaped by that but also realizing I have a long way to go there too yeah um... For me, so after I read this chapter, I thought that I would try meditating on God's word. So I had read Isaiah 6 that that morning last week when we were prepping um, for this podcast. And then on the drive to work, I was like, all right, I'll just spend this whole time. I'm just going to meditate on the truth in Isaiah 6, which if you haven't read Isaiah 6, is like, um, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. It's about the seraphim and like, the throne room of God. And I mean, it was difficult for a whole car ride to just focus my mind on God and try and put my place there, trying to imagine in my head what his glory is like. It says that the train of his robe fills the temple. You know, like, what does that mean? This obviously speaks to the glory of my God. How do I meditate on that? And then how does that lead me to praise? And honestly, like, it, it was tough. Um, it, it's hard to not have other thoughts pop in and, you know, going to work, what, what are we going to be doing there? Um, what am I having for dinner? Just like regular life, just popping into my head, um, trying to tempt me away from these thoughts about the Lord. So personally, I, I don't know. I tried it for a whole car ride. Um, and I've been trying to do it more as this book has a lot of things to med- meditate on. And, um, Frankly, it's just kind of tough. I don't know if it's the same for you, Hunter, um, but it was it, it's hard for me. Yeah, I think for me, um, you know, I, I think people tend to be good at, if you want to break them down in those three, you know, understanding truth, meditating on truth, and then praise flowing from truth. I think everybody has certain areas that they're stronger in than others. For me, um, I feel like I, I really enjoy and have a really good grasp on how I like to learn God's truth. And I enjoy uh, reading books, having conversations, listening to podcasts, taking courses. And then the praise, you know, I think a lot of times too becomes something that is a little bit easier for Christians to grasp in Christian life. But the meditation tends to be this kind of private thing that uh, is a little more uh, you know, kind of in your head, introspective, uh, thinking through mm-hmm. things. And for me, I tend to be a distracted person and I have a lot of things running through my head. And I think just learning how to slow down and say, you know, this is worth my time. Like this truth that I just learned is worth, you know, instead of watching something on Netflix or instead of just listening to the radio music or calling somebody or checking social media like this truth that I've obtained, like, let me sit on it and, and let me try to give my attention to it. I think that's really challenging, but there's a really good book called the liturgy of the ordinary and it's written by Trish Warren. And it talks about in our life, how we can take 
these seemingly ordinary things that we do, whether that's a, a commute, a car ride, a walk, doing dishes, and we can try to redeem those. And for those to be used for prayer, or for meditation, and that's something I'm trying to, you know, be intentional with my life to say exactly what you said, Hank, you know, okay, if I have a car ride for five to 10 minutes somewhere, um, maybe I'm going to use that time just to, to read a Bible verse and to meditate on it or to pray mm-hmm. with it. Or, and um, I think that's why a lot of people just talk about the, the importance of reading your scripture and reading at the beginning of the day, because that's your most consistent part of your day because people are less likely to interrupt you at 7 a.m. in the morning. So yeah, make a habit of reading scripture and then in your car ride or on a walk or whatever, like meditating on that truth. And I think that um, that's another way that kind of helps us fight against that puffiness that's just all all intellect and allows us to take that same truth and let it um, kind of seep its way into our hearts and lead to humility. So that's that's our challenge for you after reading chapter one. We hope that you enjoyed it and that you're getting fruit from it. Take some time and actually meditate on it and dwell on it. And we will catch you next episode for chapter two.